you just caught me reading my brand new book, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. The book, me and my co-host Ben Durant wrote this last year and it is now finally out at bluerosebag.com. Supplies are very limited, so you gotta get yours today. This book contains over 100 interviews with cast and crew, community commentary, and of course, us. For example, here are some of the fine folks you'll find in this wonderful book. Krista Bell, Charlotte Stewart, David Patrick Kelly, Jim Belushi, John Neff, Scott Frost, Cheryl Lee, Matthew Lillard, and the one, the only, Kyle McLaughlin. So get your copy today at bluerosemag.com and don't be left out. Now please, I must go back to reading my own book and tending to my fire. Welcome to this week's Twin Peaks Unwrapped podcast with Ben Durant and myself, Brian Kazasco. We're here coming to you uh, not live from inside the podcast bunker. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're actually in Twin Peaks. Um, So today's episode is episode four. Right. Yep. It's episode four, and you know we don't do any titles, but the unofficial title for this is "I'm a Strong Sender." <laughs> yes, and I think <laughs> you've been talking about this for like in every every episode, every, episode. Every, every every show we've talked about. It's like, is this the episode that about the strong sender? <laughs> and and now we're finally there. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I don't know why it stuck out uh, to me that when he said that, because I think to me that was like an interesting. That was the first thing. You got to tell me about these trees because I'm a strong sender. <laughs> Yeah. The first thing he says to Truman. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it really did stick it stick out. I mean, yeah, yeah, it stuck out for me because when he said that, I'm like, there's something more going on in this show than what you're just seeing. Um, it actually, to me, it actually gives you some sort of uh, mystery. You know, it it adds a mystery. I'm a strong sender can mean anything. And we know he's not a postal service worker, so <laughs> we know he you know, there's something up there. So I'll tell you this is so this is um this is episode four. It was written by Robert Ingalls, and I just wanna say Robert Ingalls co wrote uh Firewalk with Me film with David Lynch. So this is I mean this is I mean, we're talking, you know, another Twenty some odd episodes wow. later, and I'm later excited on. to watch the movie. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's a very. It's different than Twin Peaks. It'll be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to see you seeing it too. Yeah. So this was written by Robert uh, Ingalls, or he goes by Bob. Directed by Tim Hunter. Now Tim Hunter did this movie called River's Edge, and in the movie there was a naked dead girl found in the river and stuff. And there's some some similarities between Twin Peaks, but he's also directed 
Uh, he actually recently directed uh, Wayward Pines, which is kind of... Oh, that show that's on right now. Yeah, it was similar to Twin Peaks or something. But he's done things like Erie, Indiana, which was kind of like oh, a kid's version of Twin Peaks. That show was so great. I know, it was cool. So he's done all kinds. He's done Glee. He's done a lot of stuff. He's a great director. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was written by Tim Hunter. It aired, this, show, this episode aired May 3rd, 1990. The rating is 11.9, and it's in 44th place for the week. So we're dropping. It's well, dropping. I think... I think the previous one was 45th, so we're, we're maybe we're going up one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, okay. we're about the same. We're about the same where we were. But I, I like those little factoids, Ben. Oh, I yeah. like that. I, we're tracking. Of- it's like Twin Peaks ratings watch <laughs> 20 years later. I know. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's cool. Yeah. Like, especially because they always say, oh, the ratings were amazing the first season, and they're okay. They're good. I yeah. mean, especially the, the pilot was amazing. But it, it you as we get to the end, it'll be, there really is... ABC really wasn't sure if they were going to pick up the show. I mean, yeah. and I think that's it's it comes back to that capsule thing. We get to go back and kind of relook at this. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say as we start this episode, I, I was doing some more research about episode three, and episode three was where Cooper came uh, was telling about his dream. And remember, he goes to the for breakfast and he talks about it. And the, yeah. the, the confusion was, he's talking to say, "Oh, Lucy and Harry, you were there." and in episode two in the dream, we never there. see there. And yeah. So what I learned was it was shot out of order. David Lynch directed episode two. He didn't direct episode two till after they had already shot episode three. So What? So why well, would you... So David Lynch was actually working on a movie called Wild at Heart. So he yep. was away and stuff like that. So his schedule didn't let him really work on episode two. So here's something interesting that you might know, to know too is they, they filmed all seven episodes about in a, a span of two months mm-hmm. and they had edited it and the show was done before even the pilot aired. So the, wow. so the whole show was done and stuff. Yep. It's kind of interesting. But so, so that makes more sense about episode three that they were kind of thinking, oh, I think this is what David Lynch is going to do. So let's talk about uh, Lucy was there and Harry was there because we have this footage from the European... But did uh, nobody not look at the footage? <laughs> To know that they were in that dream. Well, the problem is, I mean, they 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 were taking these ideas that were yeah. from the dream, and then they filmed it, and they I think they probably edited, it, and then David Lynch comes in and says, "We're not going to use that footage. We're going to use." So they could gonna, have been in that footage. They could have been in that footage. It probably it was just cut cut it, out. Yeah, I mean, it could have been about commercials. Maybe they didn't mm-hmm. have enough time to do it. It doesn't make no sense to show that. But you know what, though, you know what? Now that I think about that ending of that first episode, it does show. Is it Lucy? Right. Lucy is the the secretary. It to does the, show Lucy. She's the one that calls. Right, right, right. In the European yes, version. In the so European version, uh, um, Leland Palmer. Yep, she calls. She makes a phone call to say, they're down there. They need to see you. And so if they saw that footage that was cut off, and they said, well, we don't know what's going to be part of this dream sequence. Right, right. She technically was in that sequence that was cut out. So, right, she was, I mean, Leland Palmer calls up Lucy and yeah. at home, and uh, yes, and, and, and um, Andy is playing the trumpet at, at her house and stuff like that, yep. and, and uh, he says, you know, my my wife's had a vision of the killer. But, and the funny thing, this is when we first find out that they're together, Lucy and... Um, Andy, right. Andy. Yeah, I don't think we would know that. No. Nope. But this, again, this is the European stuff. Never, sh- we never shot, it never aired in the pilot. And stuff yeah. Like that. So this is footage they would have used. So to get back, I'll get, I'll say one more thing about episode three. So in the script that wasn't aired, Cooper's, Cooper's talking about his dream, and he says, 
do you have a sketch artist? And Lucy says, Andy sketches for the, from time to time. And Cooper, interesting, I dreamed it was De Deputy Hawk. And again, and says, find out, find, this is Cooper still, find mm -hmm. out if Sarah Palmer had any discussion, any disturbing dreams. If she has, there may be important clues in her dreams as well. Truman, clues, Cooper might, yeah, yeah, clues, he, question mark, but he says, and then he goes on to say, Cooper, my dream is a code waiting to be broken. So he said, in this, while he's sitting down at, at breakfast, uh, Cooper is saying, go talk to Sarah, Sarah Palmer, because I think, yeah. I think she might have had some kind of disturbing dream. And as we start episode four, we start off at the at the Palmer family, and Harry Truman is there questioning Sarah. So yep. it's like it was. It's kind of weird because if we're just watching this from the last episode, it's like why are they there? Like what may? And and so this kind of yeah, space is yeah. Cooper basically saying, I think that she might be able to tell you something. So it's interesting how they shot it. Then that really uh, changes a lot of things. A little, I mean, it really um, explains a lot. Yeah, it explains more why. I mean, the other thing was there's footage and there's an episode where Cooper's like, let's leave the, I think we talked about this, let's leave the Palmers alone for a day yeah. and we'll talk to other people. We'll go talk to Josie. And it's like, what? These are your, the parents, we talked about this, but yeah, the parents yeah. are the ones that probably, maybe the last people that saw Laura or one of the last people. And they're talking and to like, everybody else. Talk to everybody else. We'll see her in a day or something. So you could kind of look at it that way that a day later we're now talking to, to um, Sarah Palmer. And, um, so mom's vision, this is, you know, where they're going through this. Now, I, a little thing, Gordon, they talked to a guy named Gordon who's on just on a... Um, yeah, he's on a speaker. A speaker. A speaker and that's phone. David Lynch's voice. It is. It's David Lynch's voice. I, right away, I knew it was that's David Lynch. That's awesome. I was I'm like, not, that's David Lynch's that's voice. That's a good... I, you picked it up. I can cross <laughs> that off my uh, my little known facts because it's not a little known fact. Awesome. That is totally him. And uh, yeah. you might see him again. You know, <laughs> you yes. Might, but it's awesome. That you he, do hear Cooper. I mean, uh, Gordon yeah. later on. Now, is that name... Like Gordon, they picked that for like Commissioner Gordon. I don't know. Like I was trying to think yes, of why. There, there is a reason why uh, Gordon. Uh, see, Man, I'm good. You are that good. Now I gotta find out where my notes are. That what that is. I screwed you I, up. I'm sorry. Keep ben. talking. Okay. Well, <laughs> now, so this is the point in my notes where Cooper, a strong sender, so he says, um, early on in this episode, he makes a comment. Um, he doesn't want to be somewhere, I think, when they're interviewing Laura's uh, parents. Yeah. He didn't want to be there when the sketch was happening because right. he was a strong sender. Yeah. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, because Laura's mom is having visions. Now, what Agent Cooper's saying that, would that mean he would sense he's a strong sender? Would he corrupt or change or make Laura's mom visions like would she envision something else because of him what does he mean by that it, I mean it's something that's vague but strong at the same time it was like something that made you made me go okay there's something interesting yeah. about him I, that we don't know. I, I, right. I mean, I feel like he's somebody who, who's very spiritual. He's got visions of his own. He's got yeah. dreams. And, and, I feel like he, and I feel like he didn't want to come up, make things cloudy. I wanted to make sure that she, 
I don't know, had a, had a good aura. Yeah, yeah, like maybe, think, okay. That makes that sense. Maybe, yeah. And so, you know, we, we talked in one of our previous episodes about visions, and I actually decided to get the definition. So I couldn't, you know what, I had, before I say that, I had Gordon Cole, the, the, my whole description about him, and I in my notes here, and uh-huh. I took him out because, like, oh, it's only a very small reference to him in the speech. And then I bring it up. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and then you bring it up. I was like, I'll save him. I'll save I'll save him for future episodes to talk about him. Yeah. But he is uh, Gordon Cole. Now i got to remember who he, He's in one. He's in a. I think he's in a movie and stuff like that. So I think he's an actual character from something. Gordon Cole, right? I, I can't remember now. But he is a reference to. He's a reference to a, a David Lynch movie. No, another another whole movie or something like that. I really? Can't, yeah. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I wish I. I wish I had that. What else? So it's like so, an Easter egg for people. That it is, and yeah, I love that. Yeah. So. So that's me, cool. Give that's me two seconds to to bring get my notes together here. Well, I, I, yeah. What do you got? All right. So. Oh, here's also, what I want to say. Just okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. So talking about we, we talked about vision and it was confusion between vision or dream. Mm-hmm. And I found a definition: vision, an experience of seeing someone or something in a dream or a trance or as a supernatural uh, apparition. Oh, because we talked about the definition. We talked about definition. So, so a vision, vision can be considered a dream. A dream. Okay. It, yeah, I mean it's okay. funny because I I always think of a vision as a trance or something that you're, you're awake. You're awake and you're yeah. seeing this, but the the definition can be it can be a dream. Interesting. All right, so that explains a lot. I mean, because yeah. half the time they go to bed they see something and I'm like, well, is it a dream? But they all say right. a vision. Yeah. So I guess it makes. I mean, sense. I think it's something. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. It's something more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's something more than just a regular dream, but uh, supernatural about it. <sighs> supernatural. So um, let's see. What do I want to say here? Um, I'll, I'll talk about a deleted scene, which I think is interesting. So there's a deleted scene or something in the script about uh, Leland and his dancing. Like we see, we've been starting to see Leland dance a lot more. Yeah. Does this? Speaking of his dancing. Okay. This scene of his dancing, that happened last episode with him dancing. Yeah. I think yes. And he does dance. I want to know more about this dancing because. As the series progresses, you find out he's quite, he's like a show tunist. <laughs> he likes dancing and singing show tunes. Oh, and man. He's a very juvenile, joyous man. He I is. mean, minus the For fact some, that his daughter died. Right, yeah. 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 Um, so, so there's a scene where Leland is dancing with Ben's secretary. So they're, they're in mm-hmm. the Great Northern. And he dances over to Ben's desk and he sees a photo of Audrey and Laura, which at some point we'll see that photo. Uh, and uh, Leland says to Ben, this this was on your desk, our daughters together. And Ben says, uh, Ben says, hey, you gave this to me. And, and then Leland says, she loved to dance. She'd stand on my shoes and I taught her. He, and he explains how, how he went and danced. Mm. So in a way, I mean, wow. it seems at least from this script, it seems to be saying that maybe he's dancing because, because it's something of, a connection with his daughter. So that makes total sense because there's a scene which we haven't gotten to where he is dancing with her picture. Well, and there was a scene we already did. Oh, we, we did, did we, that. We did see the scene where he broke the glass. Oh, yeah. Like, we had the dance for Laura. Yeah, that makes yeah. total sense now. I almost feel like they should have kept that in. I do too. I mean, I it, because I more... never got the dancing reference right. until just now. Yeah. I just thought like he. It's it, crazy. <laughs> it brought up memories of her. Yeah. And I didn't know why. I had to just assume, use my imagination of why. But if he taught her how to dance and there was more of a sentimental value, like her, right. she's a little on her feet and he's dancing, that makes it more emotional. All I got from it was 
she liked to dance, he likes to dance, and that was it. Right. But I, I like that scene. That's a good scene. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, there, we're still at um, the Palmer's house, and they mention uh, a necklace. So 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 Sarah Palmer mm-hmm. says there was two visions she had. One was the necklace, and the other one was um, Bob here. This stuff. Yeah, so, so Bob the, so and the, the necklace. Yep. Yeah. So the necklace. So we have this shot of of the. Oh no, we're talking about the necklace, and the very next scene is uh, Invitation to Love, which is a soap opera. That's that... what I brought up in my notes. Did you? I did. Invitation to Love show um, because they show the necklace. And right. I, I put that in my notes. And this is, to me, is I, uh, this is when I think Invitation to Love is at its best, when it's kind of doing parallels or mm-hmm. echoing what's yeah. really happening in Twin Peaks. So, I mean, that's my only my only real comment about that. Was that it's, it's the only like, show that airs in Twin Peaks. It's the only show that airs in Twin Peaks. <laughs> but it's like to be to, to go from talking about the necklace to actually seeing the necklace on the actress uh, there, I think it's, I can't remember if it's Jade, but it might be Jade. Yeah. Or Emerald. It, and, and, no, and it's so corny, but like, yeah, it always echoes, and it's a good transition. Oh, can you bring up the volume for me? Sure. Uh, thanks to Jade, Jared decided not to kill himself, and he's changed his will, leaving the towers to Jade instead of Emerald, but Emerald found out about it, and now she's trying to seduce Chet to give her the new will so that she can destroy it. Montana's planning to kill Jared at midnight, so the towers will belong to Emerald and Montana, but I think she's going to double-cross him, and he doesn't know it yet. Poor Chet. What's going on here? You know, I when, when, she said, when I first watched the episode and she said all that, I was like, if I had the motivation to slow that down and write it down, would that be the whole premise of Twin Peaks? Yeah. What she just said was that is that the plot? Like if the names were changed. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, you you you've always commented about that fact. Like, I can't keep track of all the characters and uh-huh. there's all these different storylines. And she kind of like, <laughs> says it right there, yeah. and I'm like, wow. So if we change the names to Laura and all these other characters, right. what she just said was that the whole plot to Twin Peaks? I don't know <laughs> if it's the whole plot, but I mean, it definitely has. Close. It, it has like double has crossing, double crossing and, and there's a will, which could be the leisure. Right. Yeah. Uh, which later on, there's a debate about the le- about the leisure and. Um, yeah, I was just like interesting to. Uh, I heard that and I'm like, oh my god, is it an Easter egg? Does that spoil yeah. the show for right. me? Right. It's funny that you mentioned that you mentioned about the ledger because there was a deleted uh, scene in the script w- more about the invitation to love, and it had it had Ben and Catherine uh, in the motel hanging out, and they were mm-hmm. watching Invitation to Love, and there's a scene where. Uh, Chet gives Emerald her dad's will, and there's a whole discussion. But it seems very much parallel to really? what's going on with Ben and Catherine and stuff. Yeah. But that was deleted. So, I mean, I think that was what they were going at. They were trying to make... So it's funny that you and your own, even without all this extra yep. scene, you came up with that. I yeah. think like if they had put that scene in, it might have been too much. Yeah, it does. I, I, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they didn't have room for these segments. I think you only need a little taste of... Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to be like, you know hand fed to you and and then if people catch on that these invitations to love are parallel to the show in a way then people might read too much into it yeah and i think like too me, much, maybe maybe yeah, I'm yeah. Too much. <laughs> and i've said before that you know you can see the entire 
all the entire all the segments the, the deleted segments mm-hmm. on uh, on YouTube channel Twin Peaks Archive One and that's um, there's actually a website Twin Peaks Archive that they 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 try to find scripts and other things that were that of Twin Peaks so yeah go to Twin Peaks Archive uh, One we'll have channel. a link yeah we'll have a link there and, and yep. it's kind of if you're really interested more in seeing that the, the some of those behind the scenes yeah, uh, invitation to love stuff it's yeah. pretty cool um, so also. We'll go into, I wrote, man in red Corvette followed by doctor to the sawmill. Now, why did I write that? I'm trying to remember. Man in red Corvette followed by the doctor to the sawmill. So the doctor. Okay, yes, yes. I think, I feel like maybe Dr. Jacoby is going to talk to Cooper about. Maybe, yes. Maybe well, he's talking about what Laura told him. I'm not sure. But there is a scene. Yeah, I'm not. There's a scene. Because the right red Corvette is a clue. Corvette yep. is a clue. Um, and we oh, don't that's know it. Who that's the it. So, so I think Doctor Jacoby says that he followed. He followed that night. Yes. He followed a guy in red Corvette, and then he lost him in the woods. And yeah, stuff. So, so that's I think it. That, that Man he, in red Corvette. He was followed by the doctor. Doctor had followed him to the sawmill. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. And if you have to remember, red Corvette is a clue throughout the show well throughout season one anyway right. into season two and it's red just like the red room the, everything's red <laughs> and red curtains yes and, everything's yes. red um so uh, dr jacoby um hangs out i mean he he's he's kind of being interviewed by cooper and mm-hmm. the interesting about this actor is i think he brought in a lot of the the styles like the color glasses oh, yeah. and he he's a character he's a character but the actor also knew magic tricks so he did this whole thing with the golf ball in his mouth yes, and stuff. That yes. was, i think that's something he said hey i can do a magic trick can i do that while so that was something he brought to oh, the really? show and yeah yeah, he's quite the interesting guy. I love his motif. Later on, you get to his house, and he's like, he's like on vacation at all times. Yep. And then later on, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but he's always on vacation. Uh, so also, we are introduced one arm Mike. I think this is the episode we see we meet one arm Mike. I think you are correct. Yes, we do. Yes. yes. I mean, so we we we've kind of met him. He was in. I think in the it was in, in the, the he was in the hospital mm-hmm. and then Hawk was going after him and he lost him and yep. he's been trying to he's been trying to tail him but they do finally find him in the motel I think that's where we're gonna yep yeah. they find him in a hotel and come to find out he's a shoe salesman and he only has the right shoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, they don't need yeah I mean, yeah it's, yeah it's he, like a, yeah I don't know what you want to call that like a, he uh, only has the right shoe and if you want if you like that shoe he orders them for you. So he has the right shoe, uh, physically the right shoe, not always the right shoe. Uh, so that was interesting. Oh wait, we got some. Sarah Palmer's vision were connected. I didn't go with you this morning because I didn't want to influence her. I'm a strong sender. The eyes were a bit closer together. The eyes were a little bit closer together. Oh, because uh, that's his dream. Right. So yes. like so he knew he 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 saw Bob in his dream and Sarah's having this uh, having her own vision of, and of they Bob. Matched. So they match and I think he, maybe he didn't want to be an influence by being there and be like, "Oh, are you sure you see it that way?" And yeah. By, yeah. Um so that's interesting. So there's the big part. So we meet one on Mike. He um challenged selling shoes and then he offers to sell shoes to the department. And you know, they find him and everything, and he comes off as being, like, I don't know, like, not, not a big threat. Like, I, what was the reasoning why they went to the hotel again? 
Well, I mean, so I'm I mean, to I think he well, so he so he was he was hanging around the morgue in the oh, hospital. Oh yes, and, so seemed, and that's why they said he said he seemed a little weird. He seemed a little weird, like kind of. Like, I mean, I don't know. Also, if like you know the whole fingernail things, or if, yeah. I don't know if they just wonder if people are you know yeah the. the yeah, he just seemed odd, so I think they yep. wanted to investigate more. And then with 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 Cooper having this vision dream where he does, I mean, Mike talks about the whole poem of Firewalk with Me poem, and mm-hmm. there's so he he's now had a vision dream of him. So now it's kind of like I need to talk with this guy and yep. get more information. He does get information from him. Phil Gerard has a friend named Bob Bob Lidecker, yep. and he's a veterinarian. And um, he's about his best friend. He is his best friend. I mean, so. Uh, and the arm? His arm was cut off? It had a tattoo? Yep. What was the tattoo? Mom. Mom. And then, right. like, why did they get. Why did he cut off his arm? No, he didn't cut off his arm. It, it, he, he was in a car accident and he lost the arm in the car accident. Oh, and okay. Just, I mean, this, this, this doesn't mean anything, but it's interesting that, like, if you, if you, if you put mom backwards, it's wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, wow. <laughs> oh, upside else, down? Upside down. Wow. I mean, upside down. Wow. 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 So why would wow be a clue to uh, anything? Near the end of the series, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you more about it. Really? Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know it makes nothing. So, so uh, in the in the dream, Cooper's dream, he has the tattoo, fire walk with me. Just so oh, you know. So yeah, okay. That, yeah, that was cut off. And uh, yeah. So, um, and mom. So Philip is is uh, Philip's middle name is Michael. So he goes by he goes by Philip Gerard, mm-hmm. and but his middle name is Michael. Michael. And so Philip Gerard is an is a is a reference to a name of a person on a TV series, or an old TV series. So um, Philip Gerard's name originated from the TV show The Fugitive. Oh, one arm. One arm man, but yeah. it's not. But it, the one arm man was not named Philip Gerard. So Richard Kimball was the guy yes. who was always running, and yeah. he was chased by Lieutenant Philip Gerard. So the the police guy that was chasing after uh, Richard Kimball was Richard um, Philip Gerard. So interesting. But you're right. There was a one arm man in that. So yeah, that's kind yeah. of a nod yep. to to that. That's weird. I I always notice the names in the show are really good. They're really good names, and they have middle names and all this stuff. They don't sound corny. Yeah, like sometimes cool. some shows you hear names and they sound right. weird, and they don't fit the person. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, in the hotel, I mean, this is you're beginning. I guess we're beginning to really get into, or I was anyway. I'm, I know before it was mentioned, but you're you're seeing that um, that Ben is having an affair with um, Catherine. Catherine. Now Catherine's married to um, the guy who also runs this. Pete oh, Martell. Yep. Pete Martell, but he Pete Martell's just one of the guys who he finds the body. Yes, and he's like always fishing, and he's got the fish in his percolator, and he's like an oddball guy. Yes, and he's almost like he reminds me of a groundskeeper. Like yes. he's always, but like they don't seem married. They seem like they're not married, right? But they are. But you find out that she's having an affair with Ben for the first uh, from. from my knowledge, you know, they're you see him in bed and they're talking and right. Um, now there's Pete, a plan. They're yeah, they're but, trying to crack together, like right? Start a fire. Yes, it's more than just what's in bed. Sorry, I mean, that's, yes. but I mean, really, there there is some sexual stuff. I mean, I say that every yeah. time. There seems to always be these innuendos, and so and in, there is one during the. Do scene. you know this? Do you know this? Did you bring um, this one up? Well, 
if this is the scene where he takes something to the bathtub with him, was it? Yes. What does he bring to the bathtub? He it's like his little Elvis. Yes, I don't get that. It's not sexual innuendo. It's just creepy. Well, I, oh, here's the thing: is like I think this. I don't know if this is an urban legend or if this is for true, but I think that uh, but it's urban legend. Elvis Elvis called his uh, penis little Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> So he's gonna bring little Elvis to, to the ba- to the ba- to take a bath. He's to gonna take, take a bath. bath. And this we know this is we know this is a real innuendo because I guess originally there weren't there was no little toy. He just mentioned there was no little Elvis. Like he was just saying, "I'm going to the bathtub uh, yeah. to take a bath with little Elvis." Elvis. But but the censors, ABC censors, would not allow this, so they had to come up with a little Elvis doll. Oh, that explains you know, it. Oh, can bring, oh wait, let's see if I can bring it back. Yeah. Not then. I don't think it's worth it really, but. Okay. Oh, they just kind of... Done play. Sounds serious. Mr. Gerard! Oh, I, I go, went back too far. Sorry about All that. Right. I messed that one up. But that, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't even worth it, the people's yeah. time. Um, but yeah, the little Elvis thing. Yeah, that's... But, but, you, but you thought there might have been a reference that seemed just too odd? I was just like, what do they mean by that? And then with the toy, oh. You know if there's any bloodshed, I'm going to give little Elvis a bath. So basically, if you were to take away the Elvis doll, he's basically saying, well, they, them two had relations in the bathroom, and now he needs to shower up because... It, oh, now, is he married? Because I don't think you ever see... Yes, so he's married to Sylvia Horn. You don't see her almost at all through the series. She was sitting okay. at... She, like um, episode two, I believe she's. They're at the table, and uh, there's oh, and Jerry. Jerry back is facing the camera. Well, I mean, well, I, yeah, well, she's. We, yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Right, so her Jerry face. comes in and he says hello, Sylvia. And he says leave. hi to Audrey, and he says to everybody. But she's not in it that much. Okay, she's a, so that she's makes very brief because because I don't see her that much, and I see everybody else. Yeah, I realize that I thought he was single. Right. So he has a family. He's got a family. He's it's got an a, unseen family. It's not important to the plot. Right. Well, Audrey's in it all the time, right? But oh, Audrey's Johnny's. Yeah, because Audrey. Much. Oh my God. Yeah, because Audrey. That's her. His daughter, and then the brother is autistic or has a you know is mental. Yeah. yeah. And oh my God. Okay. Yeah. This see. When you don't see a character that much, I kind of forget. And I know Audrey's the daughter, but everybody right. else I just forget about. And, yeah, I totally understand that. Um. So. All right, now I in my notes, Audrey has clues. One-eyed jacks. Bobby and girlfriend have a gun and bloody clothes to use against Leo. So we'll start with Audrey has clues. One-eyed jacks. Audrey has become a junior detective on her own, right? Yes. And she, I, I think at this point she's gathered. Um, the help of Donna yep. and James. Well, I mean, I think she's kind of using Donna, and Donna's on, Donna on her own is help getting James. So yeah, yeah it's kind of so right. So it's kind of like she she, she recruits she recruits yeah. Donna. Donna recruits James. So, but that doesn't last very long. But she tries to get those two. But she is really like. I'm going to figure this out because I have a crush on Agent Cooper yeah. and I feel like I can help him in my right. own way. Right. And uh, she has clues about the whole uh, One-Eyed Jacks being some sort of hub or something linked to her murder. That there, There's clues mm. there, but she needs right. to figure out how to get there. And she comes up with a little scheme to get herself in One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah. doesn't go very well for her, but we'll talk about we'll that later. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so, um, 
and the, and, the, and the scene with, with with Audrey and Donna, they actually mentioned the reference of what of one one I'm sorry one eyed jacks. Jack. Yep. So one eyed jacks is actually was a, a 1961 western, and it, um. Oh, it's a reference to an old movie. Yeah. So and I think Donna says, "Isn't that a western with Mar- Marlon Brando?" So I mean, that was the only movie Marilyn Marilyn Brando actually directed. But oh, I mean, wow. that was. So I mean, I mean, they 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 are basically nodding to that, saying, yeah, "Hey, yeah, yeah. It, this is where the reference comes from." But um, what else do we want to say? Do um, we want to say? Um, well, we can. I mean, I have a lot of stuff to. If we move forward, I think if we went to the vet area, there's some really cool stuff happening. Well, the vet. Um, I have Bobby and girlfriend have a gun and bloody clothes to use against Leo, and I think that's before we get to. Okay. Um. I think it's before we get. Yeah, it's before we get to. Well, you mentioned Hank. I mean, I don't know if we need to mention much, but so Hank oh, is the Hank. first time we meet Hank. I mean, yes. we've talked we... about Hank is the husband of Norma Jennings. Yeah, we talked about that last week briefly, and Hank he's not going to be um, let out of jail, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if 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 uh, if if Norma can vouch for him and basically, you know, you got to, you know, he's really pleading with her. He's yeah. a changed man. <laughs> But Norma is like, I don't want you to be in my house. I don't want you. Yeah, to I think she's around. conflicted. She's really conflicted. I mean, she. I think she would love to have a life with Ed, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, she's really conflicted. And at the same time, I, f- I feel a lot of these characters they feel, they feel like they want to do the right thing, and it, and I, it's a weird thing. Like she, she doesn't want to be selfish. She wants. She feels like she's married to this guy. She made a commitment, and in some ways, she's gonna try to help him get out of jail. Uh, get on his feet. Yeah. So. But- it's a, I feel like I feel like all these people are so knit tight. They all went to high school together, and they all got early relationships. And they all married early, and then now they're all like in their thirties and they're all cheating on each other <laughs> because they should not have been married so early. Yes, I think you're right. <laughs> you that's know, like that's like that, that's my theory about this because in real life that seems to be the norm, and I kind of see like all these people grew up together yeah. and they all know each other. And they all got relationships with each other, and you, you, yeah, you're right. Like she feels obligation to Hank, and if you think, and Ed feels like he has an obligation to be with, um, uh, yeah, uh, Nadine. Nadine. Yes. And you learn that, you learn about what happened to Nadine with the eye patch later on, and that really drives home why he feels, he feel like he loves her, but he doesn't know how to leave her. He loves her. But not loves her like right. you know, so it's interesting. Not, yeah, not like a true love. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he feels bad for her. But that that goes later on. But yeah, it's interesting. It's a it's a good um, um you know I, yeah like a study of people almost. Right. You, you know, know, it's kind of funny in a way that like because so the series is coming back next year, mm-hmm. and the funny thing is is that it'll be twenty five years later. So all those high school students will now be the grown ups. Yes. You know, we don't know what what decisions they've made and stuff like that. But it's funny to see, like, what if they've made these same bad decisions, almost like their parents have made in some ways. And stuff, like, you know, it's Twin Peaks like, kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but now they'll all be all grown up and maybe they'll have, have kids, kids of their stuff. own. Because right. I imagine, I'm pretty sure that we'll, we will see some new characters, the, the next generation, younger kids and stuff. But Yeah, because yeah. if, if it's just them still doing the same mistakes... You're going to be like, what's going on with these people? Right. Why haven't they learned the lessons? <laughs> That's a soap opera for you. Yeah. So, I mean, the next thing I have here is the going to the vet. But I don't know if we're going back and forth. But you're welcome. What do you want um, to talk Going to the vet. Oh, well, 
you know what? Yeah, I think... I don't know if I wrote things out of order, but... Okay. I wrote, Audrey has clues. We, we covered that. Bobby and girlfriend have a gun and bloody clothes to use against Leo. I think that's coming up after this. All right. So, Waldo the bird. We're going to go to the vet. Is that where we're going to? That's where we're going to. We're going to the vet because... Angel Cooper had a vision of, well, in his vision, there was some sort of reference to a bird, right? Or something like that? Um, or no, no. Um, no, so, so I think we... Uh, why is there a bird? I believe, that, I believe that we found that there was bird bites on Laura. On Laura. And then right. also that shadow of the bird oh, in, in the, the dream. dream. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, I yeah. didn't put two and two together yeah, until yes. now, until you told me about that. So yeah, Wait, so, so have... the, the the way we get to the vet, veterinarian though is through uh, Philip Mike Gerard. So his yes. best friend is Bob, Bob, and so different Bob. At least, I mean, I think they show a picture of the drawing of that sketch that of Sarah's yep. Bob, and they show Philip Gerard, and he said that is not Bob. Yeah, so we have, yeah. We it appears that we have two Mikes and we have two Bobs, but still, that's enough enough for Cooper to say we need to go to this veterinarian place because it seems to be leading that direction and yep. and cooper says that you know they they're basically at a con- near convenience store and he says in his dream um mike and bob lived above a convenience store so again mm-hmm. there's things happening here here at this veterinarians that's similar to his dream and he says to um andy mm-hmm Go get me some twine. Go get me some twine at the Go convenience store. Go get me some store. twine. Right. Yeah, which, yeah. Which you know he wa- he wants twine because Laura was tied up with tied twine. Up with twine. And yes. see if it's the same twine. Right. And we, um, they get their hands on a on a bird. Right. Was who's the owner of the bird? <clears throat> well, I mean, we're get, we're going ahead a little bit. Oh, there. we are so going. Ahead. We don't know. First of all, we. Do we, we? Yeah, we know it's a bird, but we don't know what bird it is, and they have to basically const, uh, They have to get all the files from oh. from the place. Oh yeah, and they oh, have. I love this. So I, I'm looking at this. I don't know why I never saw this in the 25 years, but Hawk Hawk comes up and he gives like a high five to some biker, and to me that was like the most funniest, hilarious thing. It's like on the edge, the left edge of. Oh of the screen. really? I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's just kind of a funny little, a funny little thing. Do, do you think they're part of the the uh, the brotherhood? Maybe, maybe he's like you know he knows uh he, I don't know, but it's just the funniest thing. Like, so there he just comes up, he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And that Rock. is such an over the top high five too. That's like an eighties <laughs> high five. Like they oh, did yeah. something really cool, right? Like something really cool just happened. So there is going to be a scene in when we get into this veterinarian where they pass a llama. Yes, and the I, llama. I've I got a llama. few things to talk about with that. So there's the let me go even pause it there for a second. So there's a llama in the vet, and I want to tell you. So Tim Hunter, the director, mm-hmm. was driving and he passed a llama farm. <laughs> and they're like, "Let's and get the thought, llama." He's like, it. "Oh, we're doing this veterinarian scene. Why don't we put the llama in this? Because you know, it's, yeah, a, it's an yeah, animal yeah, yeah. and stuff like that." And he really didn't think it would happen, but he shows up to the set and somebody was able to get a llama on the set. That's awesome. And I think that's really cool. But and then there's this. Oh, so they show the picture of Bob from the dream to the secretary, and she says, that's not Bob. Yeah. And then, so I think we're coming up. Basically, what's going to happen here is that uh, the llama is going to pass Cooper. There it is. Yeah. He passes him. So so two things about the llama. First of (laughs) all. First of all, the llama. It's the killer. Is, it's the killer. I figured it out. The llama is like Dalai Lama. Remember his whole Dalai Lama. Uh-huh. So it's, and, and, it's yeah. like a almost like a, a 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so, <laughs> but so, he, so Lama actually stops for a second and looks, looks at, at Cooper Bert. and then walks away. Yeah. So what they did is they, um, uh, Kyle McLaughlin was chewing gum, so that's how they were able to stop. So he's chewing gum, and so the, the llama just stops to sniff because he can he yeah. smells that gum, gum on him, yeah. and then he passes. But it's a gr- I thought it was a great sequence to actually see it stop, stop and go on. And, and, and actually, you can see the actor uh, who plays Harry almost is about to laugh. He has to look down <laughs> and like and like, oh, don't laugh, don't laugh. And yeah, they, yeah, there's they, a smirk on his face. They did it in one take. One take. One take, they were able to get that shot, and I thought it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I always thought it was weird that it looked at him. Yeah, right? But yep. the, the, the technique of just using gum to... So they smirk. wanted that. They wanted They wanted him. him to stop. I mean, it really is a reference. It really is a... a <laughs> his whole thing with the Dalai Lama and stuff, it really yeah. is a kind of a... That's know. pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that. There's little weird things. Right. The Indian high five. Now I think you're you're seeing of uh, Shelly and uh, and uh, how did I lose it? Shelly and uh, Bobby. Yes. Are hanging out. Shelly and Bobby. Oh, they're they're hanging out. But you come <laughs> to find out that Bobby, um, and Shelly have a gun. Okay. First of all, she has the gun. She has a gun, which she doesn't obviously know how to shoot, and a bloody clothes, which the bloody clothes are from episode one pilot episode almost um and bobby's like this is it this is it we we can frame him mm. you you've had these clothes you have a gun to protect yourself now um and come to find out she's not that great of a shot <laughs> um but anyway <laughs> i know i know but she has the gun and they have they have evidence they have some sort of evidence to pin Something on Bobby. And this is their on Leo. On yeah, on Leo, Leo. On Leo. So Bobby and Shelly are like, we can run away and be lovers and we don't have to we can get out of this place and we, we got it. We we know what's going on. And I, I kinda like their subplot. Um and then after that we meet Laura's cousin. This is when we first meet Laura's cousin. Well, yeah, we, 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 she was briefly, she showed up briefly. Liam was on the couch and he was getting medication and she mm-hmm. shows up for a second and says, hi, uh, you know. Um, that was like the ending of an episode, Well, right? I think it, it, it was the episode, it, it was the funeral episode. So she yeah. was at the funeral. But this is the first time where we have like, where, where a, a real introduction. A, a real introduction. Yeah. James runs into her and stuff. And yeah. it's basically the same actress who plays Laura. Yes, because why would a cousin look exactly like another cousin, yeah. just different hair color? Right. Yeah. Now, the theories must have been crazy when this first aired, because first thing I thought was, is it Laura? Yeah. Pretending to be her cousin. Right. And her cousin was the one who died. Or whatever. I don't know. Right. Like, We've talked about that a little bit, yeah, like the last yeah. episode, that, uh, that there's movies where have made references to... Uh, to kind of pretending to be somebody else. Yeah. And, yeah. But you know what, though? It, the way this story unfolds, I don't really think that would be true. Because Laura had blonde hair, and Laura's cousin doesn't know anybody. So I guess it, it's an interesting theory, but I don't think the theory holds much It water. doesn't, but it makes people wonder yeah. and people st- stay tuned in. And since you're bringing up, uh, since we're bringing this up, I'll bring up some other references to characters in this episode. So there was a movie called Laura, which was from 1944. Really? And <clears throat> this this woman, Laura, was murdered. 
and this this um I think I don't know if he's a private eye or he's a he's a te- he's a detective he ha- is becomes infatuated with her like he's like in love with her and he's trying to figure out who killed Laura, this Laura girl. Mm-hmm. It turns out that she's not really dead. That she was she dressed she she pretended to be like, like her roommate or something like that. Oh. And, and yeah, so that interesting. Was, but, but the is that really a clue for the show? <laughs> I think they're just playing with us. But here's here's how we know this is that they were really were taking ideas from this movie. There's there's a couple there's a character in this movie yeah. who actually turned out to be the killer, and the character's name is Waldo Lidecker. And the bird is named Waldo. And the vet is named Bob Lidecker. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, mind blown. Yeah. So I mean, again, you you get the reference of where Waldo came from, and yeah. you get Lidecker's wow. vet veterinary is from this movie. And they don't expect a lot of people to get any of this. No, reference. I mean, I think they were kind of fun. They were like Easter eggs. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't expect. Actually, Mark Frost, uh, co-creator of the show, was surprised how many people were getting this. Like he thought there were things yeah. that nobody would ever get. Because this and, 1941. No, so this is 1944. So yeah, like who? I over 50 years ago. Yeah. If we're talking 1990, I yeah. mean, we're about 50 years so ago. So the only people who would get it are the people who are not watching this. Because those people aren't interested in this, this show. Know. The younger audience who probably never saw Laura or, you know. Right, but I know? think they got, I mean, I don't know. And you, you, again, we're living in a time before the internet. I know. So it's not like I can go to Google and be like, Wald, Waldo, Waldo. Lidecker or something like that. The only Waldo we knew of maybe was the Waldo books. Where's Waldo? Yeah, that's right. Um, but that's interesting. I like that. It's cool. Yeah, so that's that's a little reference about that. Wow. And now we're at the the firing range, and uh, you know Andy did a, dropped his gun, and they're trying to get him to to work on his uh, aim. Yeah, they have to because well, he dropped his gun and almost shot them. I mean, <laughs> Andy is, you know, as his character progresses in this show, he just gets weirder and quirkier, yeah. and like he's just so like, you know, uh, who who is the um. Lucy or uh, no? Well, we find out about Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Okay, I'm not gonna go ahead of myself. Why don't we? Yeah, why, maybe we can get a second. Uh, wait, wait, yeah, maybe get a little bit of this audio here, or not? Well, They're yeah, we'll, we'll just go. That's this, audio that's, of him yeah, shooting. Yeah, well, well no, <laughs> <laughs> bring it back up. So yeah, I mean, there's gonna be a little bit of talk of uh, some backstory of Cooper. We don't always get that much of Cooper's backstory. Oh, and he's yeah. going to share a little bit in a Six, second here. Kills. Hi, Marks. Andy? Andy, what we need is practice and lots of it. One hour, three times a week. Harry, you'll supply the ordinance? Whatever it takes. Chin up, Andy. Yeah, this is going along. I started too soon here, but You're he... even married, Cooper? Here we go. No. I knew someone once who helped me understand commitment, the responsibilities and the risks. Who taught me the pain of a broken heart. And it just shoots. The pain, the pain of, of a broken, broken heart. heart. So, I mean, there's not much, but it's like we don't it's usually something. get to hear much about Cooper. And yeah. so here we have a reference of that he was in love once. And for whatever reason, it didn't go well. Oh, I want to, in the same scene, in the same scene, Lucy starts talking to the intercom. Yeah. And they just start talking back. (laughs) I don't like, these intercoms don't usually go both ways. They're having a full-fledged conversation. And I'm like, how? How is that possible? (laughs) They, you know, all they do is they have (laughs) Lucy and it's like, 
Yeah. yeah Lu- Lucy can hear them. I'm like, that's how inter- the intercoms work. Oops. Later on, they actually show him hitting a button to okay. talk to her. But this this scene, they're in the gun range, and Lucy's talking to them, and they're talking maybe back Andy, to Lucy. Maybe Andy uh, pushed it for him or no, something. See, I, know, I know he didn't. And for instance, I have here in the A's an Archie who's a part poodle, part Rottweiler, who lives on Maple and belongs to Mr. Rumpel. Then, for an example, I have an Annette who's an otter who lives with a family near Elk River. Please, weird animal. name of birds. I know, but the files are all over. <laughs> no, man. We want to name the birds. So that was a quirky little thing, which I thought was humorous. Um, so also, okay, we talked about Laura's cousin. We, you know, and this is actually, I think we're gonna get to that. Uh, well, yeah. What did I have a stroke when I wrote these notes? I feel like I'm all out of order, or maybe I just wrote them. I didn't get, I didn't get into as uh, detail. Um, so. Yes, um, I think we find out. Well, we, I mean, we hear, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're now in the, in the double R diner and Norma and, and Shelly are talking and they're both kind of, I mean, they do this every once in a while. They're both kind of like, oh, men, mm. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I've got men problems. I got, and I've got these men problems. And... But we find out that Hank's coming back. Yes. Yeah, from this conversation, I right. believe. Right. The, the, the fast pro- process. You know, you go, you, you go to the, you, <laughs> you go there, you, you give your, your your statement, and then he's just set free. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the next day he'll be set free. But basically, yeah, they said yes, he can. So Hank's coming home. We find out from the scene. But then I'm gonna go up ahead and we find out Waldo the bird. Waldo the bird, um, is the bird that we find out is somehow connected to something could be the bird that pecked at laura's body right and they keep waldo the bird inside one of the rooms at the police station and is it this episode where they find out waldo the bird can talk Mm, or is that that thing that's later huh yeah we haven't even gotten to the bird yet yeah so yeah so and as we as we're moving along in this episode they figure out I'm sure. Yeah. So you know what they do connect? They do connect that Waldo belongs to Jacques. Yes. And so they go to Jacques's place. Yep. And Bobby also goes to the place and basically throws Leo's. Uh, th- Bobby planted Leo's jacket in the apartment of the bird owner, right. which was Jacques's place. You know, it's funny. I can't remember why would Bobby know to put that there. Like, I does. I wonder how he figured out that cooper and truman were actually gonna go there i think he found out somehow you know what maybe it's yeah what are you gonna say well because i think he knew about the bird somehow yes maybe you know what maybe there was a radio like maybe he could overhear lucy talking about it was that it that's it i think that was it oh because um leo cb yeah cb in the truck right and he overheard now that was weird that you would hear um the police scanner and Lucy over that. Right. Very coincidental. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Lucy's gossiping or something. It's like, oh, guess what we found and stuff. Yep, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's just, you need to connect that. So, I mean, so Cooper and Harry get there and they find Leo's Jacket. and it had, yeah, shirt there and it has the initials LJ. So yep. it must be, it must be his. And it basically is going to, I think it, we're getting close to the end. Oh, well, maybe we have a couple more minutes, but. um, So. You know, that happened. And then we get into a little something about Leo's being paid to burn down the sawmill. 
For, for the insurance money. Yeah, by Ben Horn. By Ben Horn. And this scene is what made me always originally think a couple episodes before there was a man in a ski mask that hiding behind a tree and Bobby's like, who's with you? And I always connected that, well, because we, we later see Ben and Leo together, I thought maybe Ben was this mystery man. I don't think that anymore because I don't think Ben would be hi- hiding in a ski mask. That's not mm. his style. But originally when I was a kid, that's what I thought. I mean, the next person we see, you know, a ski mask, we see Hank. But Hank's not out. But we also see other people in ski masks. Yeah, we'll get there. So it does yeah, throw yeah. you off. You're right. Know. Interesting. Um, so we find out that Leo's being paid to bring in the sawmill for the insurance money by Ben Horn. And Josie gets a picture um, of a domino. Of a six-dot domino that Hank sent because Hank has this domino and i don't know what the reference is to this domino i honestly to this day and i'm a little bit head still don't know what the reference is i just maybe it's his calling card uh, exactly right? i think that's his calling card so he's it's a sketch of the domino and then he go he calls her goes did you get it <laughs> no, i got it i got it tw- two seconds ago go, yeah good exactly timing. Like, good timing like it's a calling card that you know it's hank but for some reason right and then well and he's sucking. He's sucking on a domino too. Like he's got it in his mouth. Yum, 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 yum. He's like a domino man. Like yeah. he's an evil Batman villain. He would be Domino Man. <laughs> domino Man. Dominoes is coming to get you. Oh um, man. So, um, that whole domino reference doesn't really mean much, but it's his calling card. And we get to learn more later on about the relationship between Hank and Josie, um, which we won't get into now because it's not covered. Everybody's connected somehow. Everyone's connected. Yeah. Um. So what? What, what else do we have left? Because that's where my notes end. That's. I mean, that that is pretty much that's it. Pretty I think much it for this episode. I I only wanted to make him. This is not a big reference, but maybe later on it, it'll all connect. Uh huh. That this is the first time. So so um. So Donna and James meet because Donna was there when uh, Sarah was talking about the necklace to um, to to Harry and stuff like that. So Donna tells James, though, that, you know, somehow the necklace, you know, maybe it's been moved. So they go back to the place and sure enough, it's not it's there. Gone. It's yep. not there. So there's an owl in the trees and it says, whoo, and stuff. And this is the first time we've seen an owl in the show. And it means nothing right now. Oh, but, but it will but mean something means, later it on. It will mean something later yes, on. So, yes. I mean, that's the only reason I bring it up is that in, in this episode, this is the first time we – it seems like the bird episode, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've had birds, but this one is the owl. And it seems like the owl is watching them or something. Yeah, maybe, but... yeah. And, you know, if if you're following along with us, definitely, yeah, the owl does mean something later on. Um, I've gotten to that point where the owls do mean something. So. Cool. Uh, is there anything else? Any little known facts or anything of this episode? Uh, my last, my, my, yeah, I always, have, I always have one more. I really always. The only other thing I'll say is that you know the first few episodes of the, when they started, the page rule were about seventy-five pages, and by around now they started getting down to about thirty pages per episode. So mm. I think when they first started, they were writing a lot and they had a lot of scenes that they didn't use, but they yeah. started kind of crafting it and they realized, you know what, it's these pages were probably about. 30 pages to a script because a lot of times there's so much scenery and they take their time with each scene yeah, and stuff that do. they don't need, you know, almost a hundred pages yep. for a 48 minute show or so. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's all I have to say about this episode. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing much about it. I mean, we covered a lot. Uh, the next episode, episode five will be next week, every Wednesday. Um, 
tune in. We'll we'll continue on. Um, and I'd love to. I'd love to hear from other people. Like, what what do you think of the show? And uh, what do you think about what we're doing? Do you have any questions and uh, yeah. comments? And you can, and how can they get a hold of us? They can get us Gmail the Twin Peaks Unwrapped at gmail.com. Yes, the link is right in the description. And then we have Twitter at at Twin Peaks Unwrap. 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 I, I ran out of yeah, I can't type anymore. <laughs> Unwrap. But I think actually if you type it in Twitter, you'll find us. Yeah. And then we're on Facebook finally. Um where if you just on Facebook, Twin Peaks Unwrap. Unwrapped. Uh, you you can join us on Facebook, and we always like to keep the conversation going. We post different things. Um, and iTunes, we're on iTunes, um, and Podbean, or even so your, you whatever Google's. cast you use. I mean, I use Overcast. There's so many. Different, oh, you can uh, get us off of there too. Yeah, there's so many different ways you can get it. Yeah. So, uh, continue on with us, and I'm excited for episode five. Um, I'm calling that the Log Lady episode, and I'll have lots of facts about the Log Lady. I know I said a few yeah. a few uh, podcasts right, ago. I said I didn't want to talk about the origins of the Log Lady until Ooh. this episode. So Ooh. there's a sneak preview that I will be talking about the Log, Log Lady. Lady. So Log Lady next episode to tune in next Wednesday. Do you have a Diane tape to leave us out to put us out with? This I week? do. Did I get it right? Ready? No. No. <laughs> That's why I reminded you. Well, so so the, so we do these Diane tapes. Um, it, it was a tape, a cassette tape back in the day, and uh, it was done by Scott Frost, Mark Frost's brother, and my, uh, Kyle McLaughlin did the audio of it. So let's let's go with it. All right. See you next week. See you next week. Diane, eleven nineteen p.m. Jacques Renault's apartment. We know that Laura had sex with three men the night she died. Jacques Renault is suspect number one. We just found Leo Johnson's bloodstained shirt here in Jacques' apartment. Leo is suddenly the front runner for suspect number two. I've got a strong hunch, however, that the blood on Leo's shirt will prove not to be Laura's. Now, Leo's a trucker, Jacques a Canadian. A good keystone combination for the movement of drugs across the border. And Laura, as we know, had a habit. Probably more than one.